Welcome to Pocket Therapist. I'm Dr. Adam Moore, licensed marriage and family therapist, and this podcast is about how words and language can alter the course of your relationships. Have you ever had the experience of starting a conversation and just having it totally bomb? I'm going to help you rewind and use the power of language to get people to pay attention to you, to have real influence with others, to say things in a powerful but healthy way, and change the way people perceive you and what's important to you so you can have the relationships you want. Let's get going. Welcome to the podcast. I'm really excited to be here today. Language is power. Have you ever heard anybody speak in public? Of course you have. Everybody has. Think about a situation in which you've heard a public speaker that actually caused you to feel something, okay? I've had this happen to me many times where I listen to somebody, they're up on a stage or on the radio or uh, even in a movie. You know, sometimes you watch these little monologue scenes in movies. And, of course, those are more scripted, but I guess so are speeches, right? When you listen to a speech, sometimes you get that feeling like your life is changing just by listening to the words. Um, I remember I was working for a healthcare organization once, and uh, a guy came in, and he was speaking to all the brand new employees. We're all sitting in this, uh, you know, sort of conference room, and he comes in and he shows a, a video and some PowerPoint slides, and he's talking about all of the wonderful things the hospital does. Uh, in terms of like the way they donate their resources and time to the community. And at the end of the conversation, he said, and by the way, we would love all of you brand new employees to put a few dollars of every one of your paychecks from here until the end of time to this um, arm of the hospital system that does this philanthropic work. And I remember being very poor at the time, didn't make a lot of money, but I still felt so strongly motivated, almost like I was a bad person for not immediately just putting my entire paycheck into uh, into this philanthropic arm because of the way that the guy was talking. It was so powerful. And I remember being really impressed at the time and thinking, man, a, a, a person can use language, words, to cause emotion and action. It's pretty amazing. And if you think about some historical examples, I mean, think about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., right? Imagine him standing there at the pulpit speaking. Imagine maybe even being there in person and hearing these incredibly powerful words come out of his mouth. And it's not just the words, it's the intensity of the emotion and the meaning and all of the little sort of nuances of the way he communicates that changes everything. People start to behave differently. People put their lives on the line. People change their ideologies because of a man's speech. And on the other hand, from a more sort of scary perspective, think about Adolf Hitler, who was, as far as I can tell, a very powerful speaker as well. Obviously, he had the power to incite intense emotion in people such that they made terrible choices and did immense, immense damage because of the speech of one man. So with all of that in mind, you can imagine now that if you could harness the power of speech and language, you could do amazing things in your relationships. You could actually change the course of the relationship itself in all your relationships, whether that's a parenting relationship with your own children or your parents, whether it's a partnered relationship, uh, married, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever it may be. Um, 
maybe work, if you have employees or working with your boss in a church setting, there are so many opportunities for people to be able to make dramatic shifts and changes if they understand the power of language. I'm going to give you a little homework assignment because you're going to come back to the podcast and I want you to be prepared. And that is, I want you to go start paying attention in all of your relationships in whatever context they may be in. And I want you to pay attention to two things. First is who in your life has the most power to influence you with simply the way that they speak. And maybe jot down a few notes somewhere about what it is that you notice about um, their speech or their language. Is there something about the way they talk? Is there something about the intensity? Is there something about, um, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, try, Try to take some notes and let's see what sort of comes up there. And then on the other hand, are there situations in which you feel more powerful And not just because you have inherent power because you're the boss or you're the parent or whatever, but um, that the way that you talk to people actually has more power versus other situations. Take some notes and let's see if you can notice some of those things that make a difference. I remember when I first started getting into photography, I know this is a little bit of a side commentary, but I started getting into photography as a hobby and I started looking at the the pictures that I was taking, you know, right out out of the gate with my camera and the pictures that professional photographers were taking. And I remember thinking, wow, there is a huge gap between these photos. And I, I was thinking, what, what makes the difference here? It's, I could have the same camera that that photographer has. You know, it's not the camera. I could own that camera and still take pictures that look probably about the same as the ones I'm taking now on my $150, you know, digital camera or whatever it is. And I started to realize that there are principles of photography. There are rules of photography that make the difference between a person utilizing a camera to take a snapshot and someone creating art from the same camera. And in this context, we're going to do the same thing. Okay, everybody knows how to talk. This is not an issue of teaching you how to communicate. It's an issue of teaching you how to use the rules and the principles of communication to maximize the likelihood that people will pay attention to you and that you can get things that you want out of relationships. And this isn't, this isn't about manipulating people. It's not about, you know, coercing people to get what you want. I mean, at the end of the day, everybody has the freedom to decide whether they're going to do something or not. And no language can coerce a person or, or, You know, no healthy language can coerce a person to do something. That's not what we're going for. What we're going for is, again, just maximizing the likelihood that things will go better for you. Okay? Let's do an example. In a uh, a context of a relationship, let's talk about um, two people that are living together. Maybe they're married or whatever it is. And one person's work schedule is shifting or at least when they come home from work. So let's say uh, you got one partner who is saying uh, to themselves, I'm frustrated because my partner is getting home later and later and later every day. They used to get home about 10 or 15 minutes after five o'clock, and then later it was 5.30, 5.45, and now we're all the way to about 6.30. So it's an you know over an hour later than they used to come home. Same job, nothing's really changed other than what time they're coming home, and them coming home later is actually disrupting the rest of life. It's making things difficult. Um, you know, dinner's waiting. It's getting cold. We were going to go do something after work, and now we can't. Those types of things. 
Let's imagine that you're that person that wants to communicate, hey, I'm frustrated about this and I would like something to change, but you're a little bit worried. I don't want to create World War III here. I don't want to have a huge blow up. I want to be able to have a conversation, but I'm worried that the person's going to take offense. And how do I start this dialogue? Now, I'm not talking about all the complexity of having the conversation. All I'm talking about is something really small right now, and that is starting the conversation. Because believe it or not, the way you start the conversation in one or two minutes only can completely alter the outcome of the whole conversation. So I want to give you four principles, four steps or principles that can help you improve how this dialogue turns out. Okay, so here we go. Number one is you need to be emotionally ready first. And when I say emotionally ready, I mean you know, not lividly angry in the intensity of the upset and the frustration that you feel when the person's showing up and it's 6.45 p.m. and you had done something really nice for them and you made them their favorite meal and they're coming home and they go, oh, I I picked up fast food on the way home. I already ate. Thanks so much. That's not the right time to start this conversation because the intensity with which you're going to show up to that dialogue is going to immediately cause the other person to feel very defensive. And we don't want to incite the defenses. We don't want to we don't want those defenses coming up when you've just barely started the conversation because that means that that the later conversation or the ongoing portion of that dialogue is going to get ugly and we don't want to do that. So prepare yourself emotionally to the point where it's still important to you, you still want to talk about it, but you're not fuming at the time. Okay? Seems um like this should go without saying, but people, most of the time when people go to start a conversation, they're in the intensity of the emotion. And uh, that explains a lot of why things don't go well. That's number one. Number two is make a brief statement about what you want to talk about and why. And when I say brief, I mean maybe two or three sentences at the most. Usually the mistake people make is they go to the conversation and they say, you know what, I'd like to talk about the fact that you're late Um, this has been happening for six months. It's getting worse and worse. I can't believe this. How can you not care about me and my, right? And they go on and on and on. And now they're in the dialogue, but the other person is completely broadsided. They weren't prepared. They didn't know this was an issue. Maybe they had no clue that the other person's frustrated. And so, I mean, how can you not be defensive in a context like that? Again, we don't want those defenses coming up. We want the person feeling at ease and at peace and ready to have a productive dialogue with you. So a really brief statement would be something like, hey, uh, at some point here in the near future, I'd like to talk about work and, uh, and the time that you're coming home from work. I think we could really improve our relationship if uh, we could make some changes there. Boom. That's, that's it. Okay. Just a few sentences. It's not an assault on the other person. It's not a commentary about how they're a terrible human being or how much they don't love you, any of that stuff. Just a brief Um, sort of explanation of what you want to talk about and why. That doesn't mean they're not going to feel something. I mean, most people, when they realize, oh, you know, I'm in trouble or you're mad at me, there's a good chance they're going to feel at least some level of defensiveness, but it's going to be less in that context than, than if you go at it, you know, full bore. So, and by the way, what does full bore mean? I need, I now need to go look that up. Okay. Bore, B-O-R-E, is that drilling a hole or like a wild boar? Somebody tell me. Okay, so that's number two. Now, number three is, and this is really important, is we want to offer choices. 
there are a few things in life that get people very upset more than making them feel like they're stuck in a cage, that they've, they've run out of options. We want to offer choices to the person about the conversation so they feel like, okay, I'm still in control here. And uh, that, that's mission critical, I'm going to tell you. Um, in, a, in a conversation like this, the choice isn't, hey, can we talk about this or not? Because you want to talk about it, you're going to talk about it. So it's not, can we talk about it? It's, what's the context? So, for example, three things would be when we're going to have the conversation, how we're going to have the conversation, and where we're going to have the conversation, okay? So you might say something like this, and there's a million ways to approach this, but here's one possibility. You might say something like, hey, this is really important to me. I'd like to talk about it. Um, When do you think would be a good time for you so that you have a chance to kind of process through it, think through things a little bit, Um, when's a good time for you and what works best for you to do this? Do you want to sit down together here at home? Do you want to go out somewhere and talk about it? Would it be better, you know, with our therapist, let's say you're in counseling or something like that? You know, do we need a neutral third party involved here? And in some relationships, you just sit down and you talk about it, but other relationships, it, uh, for example, it works better if one person can write it down or send an email or whatever it may be so that the other person has a chance to sort of process through it and then come back. Only you know your relationship well enough to know what's going to work best, but at least offer those choices. That's number three. And then number four is, as necessary, set your own boundaries around that conversation. Boundaries are simply the uh, you know, the rules of engagement of that dialogue to protect the relationship from harm if the dialogue gets out of hand or gets ugly. So, for example, let's say you're in a relationship with somebody who doesn't like having things looming over them. And they, as soon as they know that you have an issue that you want to talk about, they want to talk about it now and they want to solve it right now. And maybe it's kind of late in the evening and you need to go to bed because you've got to get up to uh, go to work early or whatever it may be. And now is really not a good time to have that conversation for you. A boundary might be something like, hey, I, I want to talk about this. This is very important. Actually, right now is not a good time for me. I'm bringing it up now because I want you to know that I want to talk about it. But I need a little bit more time to prep myself to have this conversation. Now, if you're going to be kind and knowing that the person is going to be having a panic attack the entire time that you're, you know, not talking about it, you can say, hey, maybe in a half hour, maybe in an hour, can we get some things settled down with the household? And then we can sit down and talk about it. You know, you know your partner well enough to know, um, you know, that you're not going to be, you know, setting a boundary that's going to cause them to have an internal meltdown. Uh, But again, there may be some context in which you might have to set some boundaries like, um, I'm totally open to having this conversation, but what I don't want it to do is turn into 20 different conversations about all the other things you're upset about as well. I want to stick to one topic. We can still deal with all, if you have other things that you'd like to, to change or have, you know, be different about a relationship. Great. I'm open to all those, but can we stick to one topic at a time? Any of those types of boundaries are relevant and may be necessary depending on your relationship to have and to put into place so that things don't get out of hand. And again, your history with your own relationship will tell you what types of boundaries you need to set. So again, we'll go back and do the four again. Make sure you're emotionally ready. Explain what you want to talk about and why in a very brief statement. Offer the other person some choices and set your boundaries as necessary. 
This is a conversation that should only be a couple of minutes long because it's not the dialogue about the problem. It's just preparation work. But the preparation can make all the difference in the world on how the big conversation turns out. So I want you to go practice that. Try that out on a, a difficult dialogue that you've been sort of wanting to have, but maybe a little afraid to get started. And let's see how it goes. And uh, let me know. Let's see how it goes. And, and, and if you run into some issues, I'm happy to get some feedback about it and we can process those in the future podcast. Thanks so much. And we'll see you soon. Hey guys, if you enjoyed this episode, I hope you'll consider subscribing to the Pocket Therapist podcast on iTunes, sharing it with your friends and showing some love on social media. For a new show like this, it makes all the difference in the world. I would value it immensely. Thank you so much. I'll give you a hug if I ever see you in person.